Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the E-Ticket Podcast. Uh, my name is Mike. And I'm Rob. And uh, today, we have a little bit more of a freeform topic. We're basically just doing a retrospective on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yes, retrospective. That's the SAT version of saying rant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so kind of. Um, basically, we just wanted to look back on it um, from where it started, what the concept looked like, mm-hmm. and the iteration that it kind of exists of in today yeah obviously when you turn back the clocks a little bit uh when disney acquired star wars like all those years ago 2012 uh, 2012 yeah they basically stated that they were going to look to expand the presence that star wars had in the parks Mm -hmm. because at the time it was mostly just star tours yep Yep. i think disneyland paris academy yeah I think Disneyland Paris had like a Star Wars show that they used to do. I mean, you'd know that better yeah. than I would. But like Paris worldwide. doesn't exist as far as I know. I've never been. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so wasn't it on fire at one point? I think it's. I think it's gone. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 not existent. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Um, for the most part, like a lot of Star Wars content was just like branded t-shirts and like merchandise that existed, but that was pretty much the extent of it. Um, so obviously when Disney made the announcement that they were going to like begin expanding like physical locations in the parks, like that was a very exciting moment. Oh, for um, sure. Especially if you're like me and you're a, just a huge fan of Star Wars in general. Um, and uh, I mean, say what you will about like the, the TV shows and the movies and, and Disney branding the books as not being canon and yada yada yada. Oh yeah, that happened too. Yeah, say what you will about the handling all of that. Um, more physical theme park locations is always a positive. So, well, for um, us it is. For us, yeah. yeah. For other people, um, it's a two billion dollar waste of time. Yeah, we're not well, them. I mean, that's the thing. We're you know we're going to kind of talk about that today because basically Disney announces Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So this is 2017. 2017. Yeah, it was the yeah. D23 Expo. Bob Iger is doing the um, the Disney Parks. What I forget what you call these yeah, things. The presentation anyway, or whatever, presentation. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, and this is going to Disneyland, and this is going to Disney World. This is Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Railway. Oh, it's going to be two and a half D. Don't ask what ride we're going to tear down. Anyway, and then yeah. he, then he announces Galaxy's Edge, and he goes, and by the way. We're going to build two. And the, the room loses their mind. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, years later, here we are. Galaxies has a opened with like an eye-watering price tag of like two and a half million dollars or something like that. That's over both of them, though. Yeah, that's, over both yeah, of them. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, so split in half. And like... Relatively. You know, they wanted to sort of rectify some of the issues that they had with Pandora with the design of this location. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much immediately noticeable with just the actual layout of this location, Galaxy's Edge. So, like, Pandora has a lot of, like, very twisting, winding paths that are very narrow. So yep. guest flow tends to get a little bunched up around, like, the entrance and exit of Pandora because, like, it's not designed for it. No. Um, and uh, with Galaxy's Edge, they've got these very wide open avenues that people can walk through. There's, like, a main strip that runs through the entire thing. Yeah. Oh, and we should preface this by saying that this is mostly going to be discussing the one that's here in Disney World. Because from what I understand, rel- the one in Disneyland is a little bit different. It's relatively the same. I've been to them both. So, yeah. Because, you know, I'm cool like that. Yeah. Um, well, not know. Disneyland Paris cool, but, you know, eh. whatever. Not all of us can, you know, party with the French. So, I can't keep up. What yeah. can I say? But uh, I can only smoke so many cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> But so that's the thing. They um they took a lot of the design elements that they realized didn't work with Pandora mm-hmm. and kind of implemented them in Galaxy's Edge. They do and, feel like cousins, though. Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of I mean, they're, they're two design. and a half years apart, so right. like, there's only so much you can do. But like yeah. the, the audio design feels similar. Um, I'd argue that Galaxy's Edge has slightly better audio design because well, they, like, they have spaceships. Yes, yeah. and they also have like spatial audio, so like you can hear spaceships like taking off and leaving, and you f- you can hear air quotes hear them moving around in a three D space. Oh yeah, it, it, that gives you three D audio. Yeah. So like if you don't look up, you'll think a Tie Fighter just went overhead. Yeah. It's it's very well done, but I mean, Pandora 
does that with animals. Yeah. It's just animals don't typically fly over you. But Pandora also does uh, something else that, or, or at the very least, Pandora um, was supposed to do something else that they were going to carry over into Galaxy's Edge. Um, oh. And they ultimately wind up not doing it. Now, for obvious reasons, um, guest control being number one of them. Now, guest control was already a, a problem um, years ago. I mean, even when we used to both work at the parks, because just trying to get people to go the right direction was like a big challenge <laughs> that Disney faced. Um, yeah, guest flow is, is yeah. fun when they all want to do the same thing at once. Right. Yikes. Um, and now they you know, were promising with Pandora that they were going to have just like Navi walking around and you could just interact yeah. with Navi and they were going to have a shaman in the drum circle that's underneath the, the, the central part of the mountains. Yep. Um, which to this day, Pandora has been open for six years, five uh, years, five years, five and a half, five now. years, yeah. which to this day, they still have not, actually done the drum show that was supposed to be there the the they entire did. the entire upper area is literally still blocked and roped off you can't yeah. go up there it was very clearly designed to be a place for people to like interact with an entertainer i mean they did a smaller drum show on the bottom floor but like that's when people brought out the drums like right they didn't yeah right so like they and, like they, they kept just that vibe but they didn't they didn't go for the grandiose things that yeah. it was intended for yeah. they, they just straight up don't do it and it's like one of the failed promises that i think pandora brings to the table it's also and, that and like the ground changing with every footprint and i was like how yeah. the hell are they gonna pull that off oh, yeah easy they're just not gonna do it so like already you can see similar issues with galaxy's edge so when Galaxy's Edge was first announced, they were like, oh, there's going to be aliens walking around. There's yeah. going to be droids that you can interact with. Yeah. Um, and for a brief moment in time, they actually did have droids testing over in Disneyland. And then they very quickly realized the problem with that, which is that everyone that's never been to the park before is going to want to stop and take pictures with the droid, which means guest flow is interrupted, which means people don't spend money. <laughs> wow, come on. Well, let's be honest here. Like, let's let's be 100% honest. Like, that's what it really came down to. No, 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 no. Disney doesn't care about money. I mean, sure. That's, that's if, what I tell myself. Th that's, no. They care about <laughs> guest experience. Yes, yeah, first Guest experience, right? Yeah. This is a pre-Josh uh, Diamaro time. Uh, <laughs> but, well, Bob Chapek was just in charge of merchandise at the time, I yeah. believe. Um, but, like, you know, like you said in the beginning... Uh, Galaxy's Edge and Pandora can't help but feel like they're cousins uh, because they're both plagued with a lot of like lingering design issues that I think like they still haven't quite addressed. So just as an example, right, these new expansions packed with like a ton of shops and like new food and everything, um, two rides, one like yeah. big like e-ticket like anchor attraction, uh -huh. which for... Uh, Galaxy's Edge is obviously Rise of the Resistance, and then like a middling to poor secondary ride. So you have mm. Smuggler's Run in uh, Galaxy's Edge, and then like you have what, in my opinion, is probably one of uh -oh. the worst rides that Disney's has ever put out, which is the Navi River Journey over in Pandora. I mean, I I don't know if I have a guilty pleasure of how much I enjoy the Navi River Adventure. It's it's a ride I shouldn't enjoy, but I do. I won't. I mean, I refuse to wait more than half an hour for it. Absolutely, so I'm almost never on it. But like, I don't mind it. Everybody hates it. I don't mind. I uh, put me on a boat in the dark. Cool. Don't get me wrong. It's it's definitely not the worst attraction that Disney has ever made. I think that <laughs> crown goes to Kali River Rapids. Yeah, I'm very nostalgic for that ride, but I, it, uh, it's a very flawed attraction. Well, to to say it's flawed is an understatement. You go up a hill, uh -huh. go around a corner, then uh -huh. go down another hill, and yep. that's the entire ride. But what about the story, Mike? Don't uh, you know the story? Oh yes, you know the story. Don't that we they, all don't that they know like the eliminated story? from the ride? <laughs> They're like like. Uh, uh, you know, cutting trees down is bad, and that's De why lumber companies are bad. deforestation. Not and, good, and they're oh, being crap. they're being punished. Um, yeah, by this, like flooding. See how bad this is, you guys. Right. It it's it's not good. It's not good. So. That being said, as a ten year old, I went on this ride eight straight times. I mean, 
chore. Yeah, they because it got to the point there was no line at the end of the day. The guys like, you want to go again? Yeah, we do. And we we essentially it was like a raft of all of us on a field trip from school, and we essentially took four strangers hostage. Right, because they also didn't get off. <laughs> I mean, look. So at the end of the day, yeah. Um, you know. I think a lot of the design issues that plagued Pandora also played, plagued Galaxy's Edge, even if they didn't intend it to be that way. Um, but, like, you know, again, there's not a lot of aliens walking around. There's not a lot of droids walking around. So, like, already, like, one I mean, of... They've already abandoned yeah. most of what they were doing. Like, you remember the blue-haired lady named Vi, mm-hmm. who's a resistance spy trying to get intel in the First Order? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You don't even see... A lot of resistance spies anymore. Now, granted, you know, Disney. I mean, does a lot not... of this might have been scaled back since the pandemic. So right. We're taking some of that with grain of salt. But right. Even so. And obviously, the pandemic kind of over exaggerates a lot of the problems that like these areas have. Pandora was there pre-pandemic. They kind of figured out the operations side of it before yep. then. But Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge, was Edge... Open maybe six months. Yeah. Before. Yeah. And yeah, six months. You know. They, the one here was. They spent a ton of time and effort making you, as a guest, aware that, like, this is your Star Wars story and, like, everything that uh, you do is going to, like, affect the world around you. Oh, and... I just realized we opened up with the podcast without saying a, um, you know, a typical Batu greeting. Oh, yeah. Whoops. Bright suns. Yes, bright yeah. suns and, yeah. and rising moons, depending on what yeah. time of day you're listening <laughs> to this. You know, the greetings we all know and, and share amongst each other. Right. I mean, it's. I guess it's better than like the three Navi words that they don't even use in the park anymore. Yeah, those got filtered out pretty very quick. quickly. I mean, yeah. now I just say Sivako, ironically. Yes, <laughs> rise to the challenge. Rise to the challenge on, on the back of the mighty Ekron. The mighty Ekron. <laughs> Shout out. Uh, uh, podcast the ride. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's this. Uh, there's this really amazing sort of like disconnect that I think Galaxy's Edge suffers from because. They had all of these like dizzying promises, like dizzying promises. Yep. It's your story. You interact with, with aliens and droids, and uh, everything that you do affects the world around you. Like stormtroopers <laughs> will know who you are. Like yes, because magic you know, bands. Hondo Onaka will like interact with you on like Smuggler's Run. And and... Give you credits, or you'll have to yeah. pay for credits depending on how well you do on Smuggler's Run. Right, right, and you know it just kind of feels hollow. It feels very surface level because, like, so much of the lore of this land is, like, buried in, like, the Disney extended universe of of Star Wars novels or shows or, like, in the Star Wars data pad, which, like, frankly doesn't even work half the time. When you say Star Wars data pad, those are just gibberish to most listeners. Oh, yeah. So, like... You can download, I think it's through the Play Disney Parks app, you get access well, to Star it, Wars Datapad. I think it's just on, uh, it's part of the, I think it got swallowed up by the Walt Disney okay. World app now. So I think the Play section, I could be wrong. Gotcha. But there is a Play section on the Disney World app, which I assume, this is this is how successful the Datapad thing is. Uh, we don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah, like I remember when I first went to the land, like I did the Datapad thing, because you can like scan QR codes within the park mm-hmm. and like, complete missions for like the first order or like translate the uh the writing yeah yeah so like the idea was that they wanted to make the world like a little bit more interactive the problem is is that like the interactivity nine times out of ten is limited to like hey go up to this thing scan it oh great you scanned it oh boy something like happened like a light turned on yeah or like I don't know, the the Sarlacc pit in Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities like lay, waves one tentacle faster than the others and Ooh. you know it's it's really a shame because like if you go right down the road to something like Universal at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, they've the got wands. the wands which function seamlessly within the world that they have already and do things like they do there's physicality behind what happens well, to all the that, things that you do but like if you just go to the magic kingdom and want to play the the pirates of the caribbean adventure <laughs> i feel like that interactivity is better than uh what goes on in star wars galaxies i mean do they still do that i know they canceled the uh the sorcerers i think they brought it back yeah i'm a little 
salty on that one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's because I was almost done with my card collection. Ah. But I've been almost done with that card collection since 2013. That's what gotcha. pissed me off. Missing the, the, the magic Merlin. <laughs> yeah, I'm missing Merlin yeah. and Simba. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter now because they're all gone. Yeah. But so that's like the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So like they promised all this interactivity. They promise all of the this um, sort of like story-based connection that like was going to directly interact with like you and the you and the like world around you because it specifically took place in a timeline correct between episodes eight and nine yeah which i we're, we won't have a discussion about those that's, yeah, all that's all we'll say about those yeah. maybe maybe at some point if we branch out our subjects I we'll we'll do a review but i don't think we should <laughs> yeah, i don't think we should either the internet doesn't need us yeah. to add to that noise we have very strong opinions about episodes eight and nine uh, um whatever. but uh you know it was always just it always just felt disconnected. Um, I would argue now that since the Galactic Star Cruiser has opened, that they've sort of integrated that story a little bit more cleanly than what it was previously like. Yeah, and they've added um, bounties. Yeah, but like putting a five thousand dollar paywall to get a better experience out of something that was supposed to be intended there from the beginning. Yeah, is. Um, not good. No, and a lot of that had to do with Magic Bands as well. Like, they just couldn't do what they wanted them to do. And so right. now with Magic Band Plus, that's why the Bounty Hunter game is now a thing. I haven't tried it yet. Even though I have a Magic Band Plus, I think it's cool. I do not have one of the new Magic Bands. But, hey, like... You know, you'll get there. I'm sure, probably, eventually. Like, right now, everyone's complaining about the batteries, but, like, how often are you using it to complain about the batteries, man? I mean, if you're like us... You're probably going to the parks enough where... Well, you... like the day I got it, I bought it. I uh, connected to my account. I went over to the, all the 50th statues I could at Epcot and went, that's cool, that's neat. Went over to Magic Kingdom, used it to get in. Went to all the 50th statues I could find and was like, all right, sweet. I don't know what else I'd use this for today. And I was like, maybe I'd go on a ride that had a photo, but like all the rides were like an hour. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I went home, and I still had battery left. So what are these people doing all day with a magic band to knock out their battery? Do you have to charge it? It's got a, It comes with a charger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Neat. We can talk about this another time. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, quick derail. No, 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 no. Anyway. no but, like, yeah. So, like, that's the thing. We're, we're doing this retrospective because, like, Galaxies things, has... Things are changing right now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Galactic Star Cruiser are opened, right? Yep. Um, they've, they've got like the new bounty system they put in place, so like they're very slowly and they've, taking they've kicked steps. out the timeline. The timeline doesn't exist now because now the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and Boba Fett can exist in Galaxy's Edge. Yep. <laughs> so they they kind of did some of the storytelling elements that they wanted to do. So like you can occasionally see stormtroopers walking around, or you can like see yeah, yeah that's, that's like, cool. I like that. Rebel, sorry, not Rebel Alliance. Um, oh no! Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, those the, are those are new, George Lucas words. The we new, don't say the new Republic. The New Republic, I think, is what they're called. Well, or? there's the Resistance. Resistance. Sorry. Yeah. And then that, the First Order. The, the, new, the new trilogy is like so bad that I can't even. It was. I can't even readily it identify. It was just Mad Libs. Yeah. We're just. It's the same things. We're just replacing them. <laughs> Even the stormtroopers, their masks are different if you look at them. Right. Yeah, the First Order, despite being, like, forged out of the remnants of the Imperial Army, is, like, somehow more powerful than, like... Well, they they got the job done. Yeah. So... Even though they didn't have, like, Sith ships right, in right. the mud. I can't do this. I can't, we yeah. can't go off this. Yeah, we're not, we're not yeah, going to do that. Yeah, but, sorry. So you can see that some of the storytelling elements kind of, like, were preserved, right? You can see characters walking around. You can see... Kylo um, Ren's still there. Kylo Ren still does his his thing. Um, still upset. Yeah. I don't know why. I've given him all the information I had. Right. And he still doesn't <laughs> listen to me. Picara. The um, base is on Picara. Sir, where are you going? I'm telling you. Ah, oh, boy. I'm going to have another blue milk. <laughs> Which, blue milk. Oh, man. It's basically a gogurt. It's a frozen yeah. gogurt. I'm okay with it. I just, I got to talk myself out of it more times than not because of its price tag. Right. It's and, not and green milk terrible. is too citrusy for me. I don't care for it. I actually still haven't tried the green milk yet. Okay. I mean, um, it's not the worst thing in the world. You're going to do it once and say, this is green milk. And I'll say, correct. Yeah. And that'll probably be it. I've also never put alcohol in either one. Right. Like, so that's where we're at. It's Florida. Yeah. Uh, like, eh. I mean, I don't think it's dairy. <laughs> it's dairy free. You know? Yeah. It's. But so, <sighs> that's the thing. 
you know, there's this sort of disconnect between what was promised and like what we actually got delivered. They're slowly improving on it, slowly but surely. I think now that they're sort of figuring out the operational end of things and they like really can see what the flow looks like in the park during the day, they can kind of adjust things more. But then there are just decisions that are just straight up baffling, just completely baffling. Like. So like the biggest example I can think of is like, why does the Droid Depot only have space for, for 20 stations? Well, I, I recently found out the Droid Depot was run by somebody. Well, I mean, story-wise, yes. Yeah. Right? I was like, well, but like, why does it only have 20 stations? I don't know. Do you think it needs more? 100%. Every time you go in there, you... like So, like, I've never actually done the Droid Building Experience. It's just no, too expensive. No, and it, it just was... too expensive, it, right? Think about, well, it was 50 bucks. Now it's like 115 I'm not even exaggerating. Maybe it's it wasn't like, 50 bucks. Maybe yeah. it was 100 this whole time? Yeah. You know what? If it was fifty bucks, I would have built my own. If it was fifty bucks, sure, no yeah. problem. Like yeah. you pay for the novelty of it to assemble your own droid and get sure. That done. And would mine 100... be one solid color? Probably right. not. A hundred plus? That's no. Yeah. Like at that point, just let me buy a DJ Rex with Bluetooth and just be on my way. Oh, see, um, I brought that up to my roommate the other day, and they said absolutely not. Do not buy it at Bluetooth DJ Rex. <laughs> and I was like, but we need it. And I was told we do not need it. No, but like, anyway. but like you need it. Like you need it. All right. So you and I are in agreement. Right. Yeah. So we'll get one for the studio. Yeah, one for the studio. We'll play our own podcast back on it, and then we'll use the scratch disc he comes with. <laughs> but uh, so that's the thing. Um, so like, you have what is like the third or fourth like biggest like cultural franchise in the world. You spend all this money and all this time building up this new land. And you know it's going to be popular. You know that it's that the demand is going to be there. And like you could argue that like this is part of their strategy to like limit the amount they have. So like the lightsaber workshop, for example. Oh yeah, it's savvy. It's yeah, yeah, it's like two hundred dollars a person, but they only do like ten people per session. Yeah, because so, like, it's also a show. It's right, a, it's like, like a show. Experience. It's like yeah, and like that, I understand because like. It makes sense with like the theming of it, like oh, we got to be furtive about this because like yeah, the first order is like looking out. They've for already Jedi banned and... lightsabers, right? So let's let's keep this to a minimum, right? Also, while you're out, just play with your lightsaber. No one gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like that, I understand because it like makes sense thematically. But like, why would you not have the droid Tipo have space for more than twenty people? Why would you not have Oga's Cantina be oh, like that's... four times the size that it is right that now? That one actually does grind me a little because it could easily be double the size it is. It could be triple the size it is. Yeah. Like, like you you ugh. could literally just knock out or, or even just do the way that they did it with the original Mos Eisley Cantina from the original Star Wars series, which is... It's two separate rooms that just have an open middle. So there's two bars with an open middle. Why would you not just do that? Huh. I'd and, be, that'd and you'd make work way more better. money. You'd make way more money. Because nah, like that's, that's their that's, motivator. I don't think that's how it works. But that's Mike. their motivator. More people equals more money? I don't think that's... Wait, hang on. I, I just did the math. That right. is exactly how that yeah, works. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how that okay. works. And then like, you've got stuff that just doesn't make sense, right? So... You've got Kylo Ren. He meets like in the back right corner of the land where no one ever goes to, well, ever. There's a store there for okay. the First Order. Okay, you're which, right. You're right. In Walt Disney World, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, I suppose in Disneyland it could be. It could in be different. Disneyland. Two of those paths converge at that point. Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. Yes. In Disney World, uh huh. Um, all of the First Order merchandise is like in this one little tiny shop. It's literally like 15 feet long by like 10 feet deep. Yeah. And well, I'm trying to think. Story never... wise, does the first order do good merchandise? Story wise, well, I mean, th that's the thing. Regardless I mean, they do. Of... They do have their branding. That's right. important. But like, I'm just speaking from like a, from like a design perspective. Like, it just seems so odd. Well, I'm thinking like, you did you watch Obi Wan Kenobi? Not yet. Okay, because there is a character who drives a, like a uh, space truck, and I'm like, was there like a a first order bumper sticker on there? <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to watch that. Yeah, I think he had a flag, but maybe maybe I'm making this up. Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm not I'm not up to date on all of my because because this character would definitely buy first order merch <laughs> if uh, first order merch exists in this universe. Anyway, keep going. But yeah, it's just like this. Well, the way I that was the Empire. So this whole so that whole conversation stupid now. Mm. Mm. All right, back to you. Well, I, I mean that's the thing. I'm just at this point. I'm basically just going oh, yeah, off you've got about a like there. It says Empire Vader seventy six right on the back. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Right. Or is it 77? 
Well, 77 was the movie, but 76 was the election year in oh, uh, Star yeah. Wars canon. I guess. As we all know. Oh, okay. Anyway, the Emperor won that in a landslide. Oh, well, yes. Yes. All right, all right, back to you. Wait, no. <laughs> he, no. Okay. I'm, okay. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to go into this. You've got me questioning my own grasp on Star Wars lore, which is not good. If it makes you feel any better, two-thirds of what I just said was made up. Right. Like, because, <laughs> like, episode four takes place, like... Oh, well after the events it's of... Like, it's, uh, like, yeah. 18 years after. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, there is not a... There is not okay. a... There's not an election every four years <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Um, so, Galaxy's Edge. We're we're just we're just completely derailing at this. Anyway, point. back to the merchandise, though. Yeah, uh, like there's merchandise locations that don't make sense. Um, and I think the thing there that's, doesn't seem to be enough merch now that I think about well, it. Well, that's okay, and that's the other thing. And we're talking about a franchise that's huge in merchandise, right? But also story. Oh, I see the problem here. Well, that's story-wise, the they can't sell exactly most Star Wars merchandise exactly. And so, yeah, I would you can't argue, sell R two D two mouse ears in Galaxy's I would, Edge. I would make the argument that, like, taken on a surface level, like the merchandise outside for sale of, say, Star Tours, mm-hmm. is just straight up better than what you have available in well, Galaxy's Edge. Tattoo so Trader is just a fun shop to be right. in. But like, that's the thing. You've got it's Star Wars. You could make whatever you want like why don't they have rc speeders they have just toy speeders as right in like but that's what i'm saying things kids like because the toy man and this is my problem with the tordarian shop now we got me on that it just sucks well it's all like crocheted stuffed animals and then like plastic toys that you just pick up and pretend to fly mm-hmm. i get what you're doing you're telling in-story toys we're not in we, we I don't give a fuck. Put batteries in it. Right. Like But Duracell doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Well that's that's one of the issues I think Disney has. Or maybe has. Energizer, no free ads. That's one of the issues that I think I think Disney has in general. So like they don't really rotate their merchandise too often. Well not there. Well, not there. But like I mean just in general. Like Disney tends they like they have the seasonal have stuff the that comes out. The hits. Right. But they don't ever really like rotate their merchandise. To be fair, Universal used to be better about it, but I think Universal I can give more of a pass to because like they actually attempt new designs about one or two times a year, and see what kind of works and what doesn't. Especially, it's especially noticeable in like the Harry Potter areas. Oh yeah. Um, or for the seasonal merchandise that they do, mm-hmm. but like. Like, I know, for example, that Disney has been selling the same Grumpy t-shirt for over a decade now. I mean, it's there, still on... Sh- you there can are still some, go and buy the same Grumpy shirt. There are some, I don't know if you call them cash cows, or if they're just feeding the same quadrant, where it's like, this works, this just works, don't worry about it. Right. But, like, I do know, like, occasionally, they update uh, stuffed animal preferences, or, like, uh, there are t-shirt designs that come and go. Like, 90s kids seem to... I say 90s kids, holy shit. Yeah. 90s kids are pretty much um, controlling the demographic of t-shirts these days sure. at the Disney Company. Did you see the Mulan long tee? Did not. Dishonor, dishonor on you, dishonor on your family, and on the back, dishonor on your cow. Did not see that. Oh my God, it's a long sleeve tee, so we're not going to buy it. Yeah, no, like, no, no, not here. But like, so going back to Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Um, you know, they've got this like little marketplace set up where they've got like uh, a Batu Traders... Yep. I think is what it's called. Uh, maybe. Which, like, sells Batu merchandise. Yeah. But, like... Like a tourist company. They literally haven't changed anything in that shop since Galaxy's Edge opened. You can... It's literally all of the same. Yeah, now that you say it, I do think it's all the same. Yeah. The Toydarian Toy Shop hasn't changed. No. Uh, I can't eat popcorn. You know that. I, I have an allergy right. to Right. Well, the, the popcorn place was closed but the for, popcorn like, place... a year and a half. Like, it just reopened a few Yeah, but, like, back. even then, like... I, I can count on my fingers the amount of times that I've gone to Galaxy's Edge and the popcorn place is actually open. So you've got this kitchen right next to Ronto's Roasters that yep. they just straight up just don't use. So, like, repurpose it and use it for Ronto's Roasters. It's the same kitchen. Just repurpose it. Because, like, let's be honest here. The Ronto Wrap is, like, one of the, it's the breakout, highest it's the breakout points star. Yeah. of Galaxy's Edge. The Ronto Wrap is... Fantastic. I don't think they were expecting that, honestly. I don't think they were either. Well, that's why the Blue Milk's where... Like, if you flip Blue Milk and Ronto, that'd probably be better for crowd control. Yeah. 
because then you get more people over the first order but there's no like way to like direct traffic over by where the blue milk is sold now it's just sort of like a big open plaza yeah but i mean in terms of like crowds of people and line stanchions and things like that yeah yeah it's a better setup over there and what's crazy is that like obviously all of this it's designed by committee so like all of this had to go through like multiple levels of like planning yes and like everything and the end result is ultimately just kind of middling like there's a ton of amazing set dressing like doc Ondar's den of antiquities alone if i if i could spend more time in there i would Mm-hmm. Because just the the set the set dressings alone are phenomenal. It's all the stupid props. Uh, but that's the thing. Yeah. Stupid props are great. Stupid that's what props I'm saying. Tell yeah, a story. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so, why I tell myself these are just these are just props. Stop being stupid. No, right. but they're right there. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. They've got all of these amazing prop designs that like they just can't use. So you could um <clears throat> you could go um. In Disneyland Paris, because I remember this distinctly when I was there a couple years ago, but, like, you could buy the helmets that, like, the Rebels wore when they were on Endor in Episode Six. Oh, that's like, cool. Like, they just had them for sale. I like that. Like, full-size child and adult ones, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you just can't buy that here in the States, which well, I just don't understand. So, And, again, probably licensing or contracting issues. Maybe, but, like, but I don't know when you are in Disneyland Paris. It was probably after the date I'm about to mention. But... In the end of 2012, after the deal was struck, Disney flipped on a lot of the merchandise they had. Like they're like, and we can't sell that. Not going to sell that. Not going to sell that. Not going to sell. It. Like right. they had stormtrooper helmets. They had Boba Fett helmets. They had uh, Rebel uh, X-wing helmets. Like they used to sell those things in the parks. And it's like a switch was flipped in the middle of the night, where it's all right. Get all that out of here right now. Hmm. So I don't know why exactly that happened. They didn't have speeder bike helmets for the. Um, the Endor Rebels. Those were not here ever. That would have been yeah. cool. Especially with the speeder bike that was right on front Star Tours, which I believe is gone now. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah. Um, they yeah. still got, obviously the AT-AT is still there and like the forest is still And it's there. shooting now. The AT-AT is shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It makes noise. Yeah. It lights up. It hasn't done that since the yeah. 90s. Yeah. Ah. So cool. Ah. Um, But, you know, it, yeah. it just it just feels like it's 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 lacking something. It's got it just, complacent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then COVID played a big part in that, I for think. Sh- well, for sure. So, like... It was hard for the place to grow when it just got stunted. 100%. Yeah. I feel like if... Uh, well, I mean, obviously, this is huge wishful thinking at this point. Because, like, if COVID hadn't happened, then, like, the world would be vastly different right now. But Well, yeah, we already have Tron Light Cycle. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, well, maybe, maybe we'd have Tron Light Cycle. At this point, I just don't know why they don't just like tear it down and just replace it with like a spear hollow. No, no, no. It's so close. It's so (laughs) close. It's going to be open before Christmas. Right. Sure. All right. Don't believe me. Okay. I just have, I, 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 I I drink and I know things. That's, that's what I do. I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but it it just, it's missing something. Mm -hmm. It's missing, it's missing like the potential that it could have been. And COVID definitely impacted that because like COVID, um, that section of the park was only open for five or six months. Yeah. yeah. And well, then COVID shut it down, shut down all the parks. Yeah. Rise of the resistance was open for four months before it went down. Yeah. We actually went to, uh, we were in Oga's the day before the park shut down. Ah, uh, yeah. It was that week. And yep. It was like interesting because at that point in time, I don't think anyone really, well, they just started to put out hand sanitizer because I remember we went on the uh, Millennium Falcon that day and I was like, well, that's probably not a ride we should be going on right now. I need no. to wash my hands. Then out the exit, I go, oh, look, hand sanitizer. Yeah. It's like they knew. But yeah, um, we, we went to Oga's like the day before they shut down the parks because like at that point, I think people realized it was serious, but I don't think they realized how well, serious it was. We all knew we were going to go for a two-week break. Right. Yeah. And at the, at the time, I think that was like the general assumption. Like it was just like, okay, like let's... Everything locks down. We shut down for a bit, and then we'll reopen, and we'll be good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so and then we're, everything we're, happened, right? Yeah, you know, but we're there. it definitely influenced the way that they wanted to grow Galaxy's Edge because, you know, they designed these parks to have longevity, mm-hmm. and obviously, long term, they they had long term plans to do more with Galaxy's Edge across both coasts because, like, at the time, and we already. Paris. And Paris. Yeah. At the time, we already knew that the Galactic Star Cruiser was coming. Yes. Um, it had already started development. They had already broken ground on it. But, like, 
the reality of what it brought to the table had not been realized yet. And at some point, we'll probably do an entire episode about the Galactic Star Cruiser. I'm not uh, saying that we're going to go on it because that's insane. That's almost probably not going to happen. Right. Like, um, but I like have the a suspicion... news. The news about it has dried up within two weeks of it opening. So... Yeah, which is not good. Well, it's not good when you put all your publicity on the front end and now nobody's talking about it, period. Right. Nobody. And like, you can still... Like I don't I don't know if you've I do this as just like a thought exercise every so often because I really want I really want Galactic Star Cruiser to fail. I'll be honest with you. I hmm. want it to fail. And the reason I say that is because I want Disney to realize that like locking one of their experiences behind a five thousand dollar price tag is not feasible. But the issue with that is that, like, if it fails, they'll never do anything like it again. Exactly. It was such a big risk, but the problem is they did outprice it. Right. It's absolutely outpriced, especially for, like, the experiences that you get because you're functionally paying to go on a Disney cruise without paying to go on a Disney cruise. Not only that, what sites are you seeing? Right. Your excursions, but two? Right. Neat. And I, I, I've said this on the podcast before. I think that was, like, the second or third episode that we did that I said this, but, like, I give it at most four or five years before it becomes a regular hotel. At most four or five years. Well, what's going to happen is, um, and I heard this rumor, I don't know if I dispelled it here, they're going to have day passes. Again, rumor. Day passes where you can spend, say, $150, $200 for two to three hours on the Halcyon. And you can go see the bar, or you can go see, like, the sabak tables or the bridge or something or maybe not the bridge oh, oh. but because again some of these some of these again i uh, this is a rumor but again some of these things are going to not be available to you because you were right. not a guest of the ship you were just coming up here to eat and drink right so we are not going to tell you all we're not going to show you the secret you're not going to go to the engineering room we're not taking you there why would we have you flip switches person who doesn't have their stuff on the ship you know so like they're saying that might be a possibility only because during the daytime, what happens on the Halcyon? Everyone goes to Batu, right? So nothing's happening. I mean, they've so got that's, that's they've a, got like story things that go on during the day, but like they're few and far between. And, and most you people have don't to follow be, them anyway. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I think upsets me the most because like they're clearly trying to cater this towards people that like have disposable income and either have a passing or severe interest in Star Wars. Yeah, and really that just means you're an influencer. Right. And all the influencers have already been on the ship. Right. And, and pretty sure much... some of them have cried, but congratulations, you got a free ride. I'd cry too if you gave me a free ride. Right, for a $5,000 experience? Yeah. Sure. And like, I would say... And they want you to bring costumes. Well, that's, and that's, yeah. I, I would say Which I'm not a probably... costume guy, I'm a graphic tee guy all the way. Yeah, but if you're if you're like no, committing to that's the thing I wouldn't right yeah you just keep wearing normal like, clothes like, like I honestly would or yeah. I'd still I'd be wearing multiple football and hockey jerseys just because yeah now I'm playing my my role as in like troll rock yeah the the coruscant brawlers yeah, yeah, yeah. want to buy some death sticks anyway which I don't even understand why we don't have fictional Star Wars sports jerseys. I'd buy a pod racing shirt. That's what I'm saying. You can't tell me that you wouldn't buy a pod racing shirt. Uh, like the, the 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 18 BBY uh just just anything. Make up anything. Yeah. So, fuck da it. Dantooine fuck classic. Fuck if they had a Saboba shirt as like a NASCAR <laughs> shirt. Hell yeah, I'd buy it with like right. his fake autograph right. at the bottom. Like, yeah. You kidding be me? So cool. I mean, I um, had I had a I mean, when I was a kid, I had a shirt that, you know, in the canyon and it's Anakin and Saboba's pod and it's like this shirt's fucking awesome. Totally outgrew it within two years, but like I mean, let's say it's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's what it is. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to come out with a Saboba pod racing shirt that looks like a NASCAR shirt, I will. Right. I will 100% buy that right. today on Shop Disney. Yeah. Or like, or like even even or even start... Quadranero. I don't give a fuck. Any random pod racer. Right. Or <laughs> it, or like at the end of Star Tours, they don't even have like planet shirts. They have yeah. like those those like sweatshirts where it's like Hoth. Okay. 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 Great. That's We've cute. got Hoth. But like, but like, give me like travel posters for like Naboo. Yeah, that'd be you nice. Know? Like, Naboo sucks, but like, <laughs> you get what, the idea. What, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's got it's got water. It's got feed. The capital city. The the Gungans. Well, they're they're under the water. They live there. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're there. But, um, don't hate them. 
So yeah, so like the Galactic Star Cruiser, um, locks behind a significant portion of Galaxy's Edge, like behind it, and just most people are just you know not invested in it enough to actually make it worth the five thousand dollar price tag, and even even a, a ton of the people that like I follow for like theme park media have basically all been like, yeah, like it's cool. Is it something that I would do again? No. And what I've heard too is like, it's, it's great. It's really great. But if you haven't seen Europe and if you haven't seen most of the United States, do you that need to do all that first with your money yeah. before you come on the Star Cruiser. Right. Yeah. Like there are better options for you to per, per, pursue. Yeah. If you haven't followed Taylor Swift around America on a concert tour, well, if you haven't, I want to clarify that's neither of us. But <laughs> well, not yet because I don't have five thousand dollars to follow Taylor Swift around the country. Right. That's really what's holding me back. But that's the thing. <laughs> it's it. It's just it just feels mixed. It genuinely feels like a mixed bag. There there are elements that work really well for Galaxy's Edge. The spatial audio is fantastic. The set design is amazing. Yep. Rise of the Resistance is a good ride. Okay. It's not spectacular. I think it's pretty well spectacular. Uh, mm. It just it's just has its faults where it has... What people have pointed out to me, and I, and I get it now that I go through it, it has empty space. So between scenes, why is there no, like, signs that there was action? Mm. No one's left behind a blaster. There's no scorch marks. Nothing's sparking. Yeah. You know, there's no, like, knocked-out stormtrooper. Although, I guess we just think he's dead. Can't have dead stormtroopers. No, God forbid. forbid. Yeah. Uh, so, but, like, so you, you get Rise yeah. of the Resistance. Smugglers run. That needs to have changes. I don't know why they said it would have changes. Again, this is going Again, back to when this opened. It would have changes, yeah. They, they said, gonna, oh, they we'll, we'll be able to swap it out. And this and the, then do it. Yeah. I also found this out the other day. There are porg nests on the Falcon and in Hondo's workshop. Nice. You can find porg nests, and occasionally, like a porg will like bite a wire and shock himself. Nice. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. I but, don't know how often this effect works, but I know it's there. Um. <sighs> also, Jason Sheridan is not one of the voices of the uh, people who work for Hondo and Aka. Yeah, we we found that out. Yeah. Um. And that's that's a whole other thing because like smugglers run. So. Go like I I will say this. For for the sheer wow factor, of like stepping into it the first time when yeah. you step into the compact uh, the cockpit, well, I yeah. audibly gasped the first time I walked into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon <laughs> because like right there it was like holy shit everything that I know from as a kid all of the extended universe novels that I read all of the everything all of the everything that i consumed about star wars and it's like i'm here i'm able to physically touch buttons in the cockpit of millennium falcon yep only two buttons work you can't flick switches you can't push other buttons you, you i mean there's like I mean, limited ones it's kind of like mission yeah. space where like you can interact with like some of them yeah. but then like yeah we found that out but like if you're like in the front seat like if you're one of the pilots for example like yeah. half of the buttons on the front console are like like physically locked in place they don't do anything oh, that's or they're like pieces dumb. of plastic and then like and i don't have much experience driving the falcon uh mostly by choice right yeah but like when you're one of the pilots like if you're on the right hand side you obviously have the best job which is like the pulling, the, pulling the lever, lever to go to yeah. light speed and punch it chewy you know it it, it it like lights up for you you can't like naturally figure out where it is and i for me at least I think it kind of detracts somewhat from the experience because, like, you're not you're oh, just you're just directed through. It. I see what you say, but the first time I was on the right side, and they're like light speed. I went, yeah, light speed. It never occurred to me. Pull, pull the right, damn pull, lever. Pull the lever. It's light speed. And <laughs> pull, by the time pull I pull the lever, Rob. By the time, yeah, exactly. And by the time I figured it out, and sure, the like the thing lit up around the base of the handle, and I was like, oh, oh, I get to do it. By the time that all went through my head, it just automatically did it. Yeah, yeah. So I get what you're saying, but like, if we just didn't tell anybody, how many people would actually do it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong because like your average guest doesn't know. Not only your average guest, like I know, and I still it didn't occur mm. to me. Yeah, <laughs> the point of the ride didn't occur to me. <laughs> but that's that smugglers run though. Like it's just not like yeah. a. 
but uh, but uh, that's the thing. It, I think it reflects back on the galaxy's edge, right? There's there's so much potential under the hood mm-hmm. that just like isn't capitalized on, and like could it come later? Sure, sure, absolutely. Is it something that like they could like space for one more ride, which won't be a walk around Bantha, right? Which which was in development at this point. I that's dead. I don't know. So dead. Well, not not even that. I I just in general, I don't think that they're actually going to build another ride at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I don't think they are. I thought it was. I think if anything, they might build like a second show building for Rise of the Resistance, similar to what they did with Soren a couple of years ago when they added on the new theater. I don't think they can. It's a lot of space. I think they can. Okay. Because like that's optimism. You actually don't you don't need to worry about like building it in view of like Galactic Star Cruiser because all the windows are sealed. I'm not saying it's impossible to build. I'm just saying it's really fucking big. Yeah, I think it's doable though. Uh, but like that's the thing. There's like really this land has been open for like three years, but it's really only been open for like. Uh, what a year and a half if you like count the full operational yeah, time. Yeah, that sounds about right. Less than two years. So. There's so much more that they can do with it, and hopefully they'll actually take the steps towards like making it more cohesive. No, I guess we, is a good way to describe it. We didn't even talk about Docking Bay Seven, where they scaled back the menu because people couldn't understand it. Yeah, which like again, you know you're going to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. You know you're going to a Star Wars themed land. Like, just lean into it. Lean into it. And they like, did for a little while. Yeah. When the land first opened, they're like, "Oh, this is actually the fried tandoor and yip yip." Yeah, yip, this and, is yup tip. Yup tip. Yeah, these right. are these are seven ribs. Okay, I have a gluten allergy. Oh well, there's 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 gluten in the yup tip. It's technically breaded chicken. Right. Okay. Just ugh. I don't know. I because I don't want to say that I'm gatekeeping, right? Because I don't think I'm gatekeeping. Uh, no. But, like I think there I think there is something to be said for like sort of leaning into the fantasy of Galaxy's Edge and then, like, having to come to terms with the reality of Galaxy's Edge. Well, that was and the problem. I don't think Galaxy's Edge is able to sufficiently walk that line. No. I, do, I don't think they are. No, I mean, well, it was an ambitious project that led on fantasy, and then I think it's realized they needed to simplify parts of this for right. your day-to-day guests. Which is super-duper unfortunate. It's say la vie, man. But, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, this basically has just turned into like one long rant about all the things that Galaxy's Edge has done wrong. Which I knew it would be. <laughs> but like, I, I, That's why I, I led the show with that. I think it's important that like we're able to recognize the flaws in like this project okay. because it means that like the next time like Disney tries to do something like that, all right, they well, can recognize it too. Correct. Okay, since we've gone this far, say something nice. Say something what, nice. What have they done good? Or well? Well, that, that's in what I said. Case my English teacher Miss White. For, for me, for me, set dressing. Like the, the actual like area around rise of the resistance kind of sucks. Not going to lie. Like, it's just like, here's an X wing. Here's a couple of ships, like an A wing and a Y wing. Like, fuck yes. Like give me more of that. Okay. I was going to say. Hell yes. I can't sit in it. I wish I could. I would. Shoot at Kennedy space center. We could sit in some of the stuff. Right. And that was shit that did stuff. Right. Like, (laughs) but you can't, you can't get in the X wing. I mean, don't like, close the hood, obviously. Right, because it's a thousand degrees outside. But like, Correct. let me let me sit in the X wing, please, please let me sit in the X wing. The fact that I can't sit in the X wing, I can only take a picture in front of it. Yeah. I don't care if it's a three hour wait. Let me sit in the fucking X wing. Uh-huh. Like, you let me sit in the Millennium Falcon. Let me right. sit in the X wing. Fuck, they let you drive the Millennium Falcon. Right, they let you drive the Millennium Falcon. They let you shoot shit out of the Millennium Falcon. I they caused let you, they let many you... damage and stole some stuff from yeah, Corellia. Right. right. <laughs> but like. A train was disrailed because of me. <laughs> the actual marketplace that they have, like going into riot, going into the area past Rise of the Resistance, yeah. where all the shops are, kind of sucks. Uh, no, no, say something nice. This is nice. We're saying nice. Saying things. nice things about. Yes. I don't. I genuinely don't think I have anything nice to say about the marketplace other than it. Then it, don't it's mention visually, the marketplace. It's visually very cool. <sighs> it's visually very cool. Can buy a tiny band though. It's kind of yeah. cool. You got all like the overhead like flags and everything. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Ronto's Roasters, fantastic. There you go. I could say whatever the hell I want about Ronto's Roasters because that is amazing. Like the Have the, you had the pork rinds yet? No. I haven't either. But the Ronto wrap, spectacular. Uh-huh. And then the, the little droid. Who's I uh, just turning? Keep, I just turn, turn and turn, turn and turn. <laughs> Guy's just doing his thing. He's just vibing, right? Oh, uh, boy. And then you go from there. You've got Doc Onder's End of Antiquities. 
which I'm like middling about. Uh-huh. I feel like we're saying the nice stuff. We're saying the nice stuff. Okay. Um, the props are cool. The props are cool. Yeah, the yes. props are cool. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Love Ogus Cantina. Yep. Love it. Yeah. I wish it could be bigger, but yep. like it's fantastic. Yep. The drinks are great. Haven't had a bad drink yet. <clears throat> um, Smugglers Run. I, I mean, you fly the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And the Millennium Falcon is right there. It's a take right. your breath moment. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Not going to lie. Again, wish I could go in it. Yeah. I, For the life of me, I do not understand why they do not have a walkthrough Millennium Falcon attraction. Again, probably because it would take way too long to get guests in and out of there. Probably. But, but like, I mean, if you had no place to send them. Right. That's fine. Like, build it off to the right-hand side. Yeah. You got space. Just put it there. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> technically just landed the Falcon. Right. Let, let them dick around. Right. Um, <clears throat> the Falcon's not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Let them just wander. I, I It's the first order area. I, no, I won't say anything about it. It's where the blue milk stand is. That's right. The blue milk stand is over <laughs> the there. The blue milk stand is there. Also, there's some <clears throat> refreshers, which are bathrooms in Star yeah. Wars speak. Droid Tipo is pretty cool because uh-huh. like droids are just cool. Droids are cool. Um, and that's Galaxy's Edge. There you go. All right. That's yeah. all. all right, cool. I can take that. Yeah. So looking back on it, um, I mean, I think we're both pretty much in agreement that like there's definitely more that could be done to enhance it. There's there's more to be desired. Yeah. It, it makes for a pretty photo. But that's okay. We'll keep making our voices heard um, and uh, keep telling Disney, voting with our wallets, as it were. Yeah, I'm trying to think. How often do I vote with my wallet at Galaxy's Edge? Oh, the receipts are cool. Let's just say that because of where they have the header where it's supposed to say Walt oh, yeah, Disney Black Parks. Spire Outpost. It's Black Spire Outpost. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Star Tours is great. That's not there, though. I know. Oh, just for the record, Star Tours is great. Yeah, Star oh, they're, Tours they're, is pretty great. Do you see yeah. they're adding more scenes because of the Mandalorian? Yeah, I'd believe it. Yeah. I mean, I'll never get over the fact that at the final fight scene in Episode Nine, you can see... A Star Tours speeder and on Exegol. And now there is a Star Tours speeder in Exegol yeah. shooting things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. It, why not? Why not? I'm I'm not upset with yeah. it. Like, I... <laughs> real quick review of Episode Nine. I had so little faith in anything nice that happened, and I went, ha, why not? Yeah. So, yeah. And there wasn't a lot of it. I'm but, regardless. So, at the end of the day, um, that was our... Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge retrospective, just kind of looking back on how things have developed over the last couple of years. Yeah, what what um, they wanted to do, what they did, and what they've done since. There yeah, you go. Yeah. So uh, once again, guys, just closing everything out here. Um, my name is Mike. And I'm Rob. And this is the E-Ticket Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to follow us on our socials. You can find us at uh, E-TicketPod on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter. Um, and and uh, yeah, and where, where many places podcasts can be found. Yeah. You're, you're listening to this, you found us. Yeah. But like, you can find us so many other places now. Yeah. And wow. we're, uh, we're fully distributed on all of our platforms now, so that's pretty nice. We love that. Pretty I nice. I think at one point we're going to set up a Facebook page. I don't, I don't know if anyone even know. uses and, Facebook And we're so anymore. close to editing that, uh, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah so um once again guys thanks for listening yep see you